I, you really have to want it and you have to be willing to take the time to do it. And you have to be willing to go through that journey, whatever that looks like. It could be painful, you know, in her case, it could be, it, it might not be, you know, it might be really fun, but it's something you can't rush. And it's something that you have to do on your own mm-hmm. and you have to be put the time in and, and I could be here to guide you again, or anyone, any coach, any, anyone could be your mentor, could be here to guide you, but you got to do the work. Right. And, and you have to let that play out. You cannot rush that. You can't say, I'm going to be, you know, a designer in a month. You can, you definitely can. Your, your art might not be great, but <laughs> you might find out very quickly that it's not selling or whatever, but you can do it. I was like, you can't do it, but there is a, is a, a method to all this madness, right? And, mm-hmm. and you really do have to go through it. You can't shortcut it if you you want you want what you really want. You're listening to the Wise Women Podcast, Season 5, Episode 165. I'm your host, Alicia Wilfert, founder of Yoke and Abundance, coach to entrepreneurs, creatives, and seekers. This podcast introduces you to women on their journey to flourishing businesses and lives. In today's episode, I'm sharing my conversation with Janetta Gonzalez. Welcome back. I am absolutely over the moon to get to speak with you today. A few weeks ago, I said, stay tuned for a big secret. Well, Kat is out of the bag. As you know, I have been getting ready to publish my debut book, Little Failures, learning to build our resilience through everyday setbacks, challenges, and obstacles through New Degree Press. But something unexpected has happened. As I've been sharing my journey to publishing in the Yoke and Abundance community, many people raised their hands and said, I want to write a book too. I have been referring many folks to the program. And when I talked to my publisher about this, they realized that there was a really big opportunity here for everyone. And they asked me to consider becoming an imprint press, meaning we're publishing my book under Yoke and Abundance Press. And you know what? If you have been dreaming about writing a book too, you can go through the Creator Institute and have the chance to publish under Yoke and Abundance Press 2. I am looking forward to highlight emerging voices who have dreams of publishing memoirs and self-help or thought leader type books. But even if you have a fictional book, you're going to want to come to the information session that I am hosting the first week in May. There are two opportunities to learn more on Thursday, May 3rd at 7 p.m. Eastern time and on, excuse me, Tuesday, May 3rd, 7 p.m. Eastern time and Thursday, May 5th at noon. So head over to the show notes when you're done listening and make sure to register to come for the publishing information session. Now, today's guest is just absolutely amazing. Janetta Gonzalez is a designer, illustrator, and artist mentor based in Los Angeles. 
She has worked as a design professional for over 20 years and holds degrees in fine art and graphic design. Her work captures moods and moments using bold colors, patterns, and textures that make statements of inspiration, positivity, and beauty. Her surface pattern work can be found on products such as stationery, calendars, puzzles, textiles, apparel, and greeting cards sold in major retailers. She's also created art for companies and publications such as the New York Times, Facebook, Mixbook, Michaels, Crayola, Uppercase Magazine, the California Lottery, and Magic Cat Publishing. In addition to her client work, she also finds joy in creating art for her own products, speaking at conferences and events, teaching for brands and colleges, and mentoring artists one-on-one, -on -one, facilitating their artistic growth and career. I am eager to share this episode with you after a word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Viking Co., a progressive boutique consulting firm that works with entrepreneurs, startups, small to medium-sized companies, and larger organizations to cultivate a place where people love coming to work with a focus foremost on diversity, inclusion, belonging, and equality, Fikenco pushes business leaders to push the boundaries of what a great workplace environment means and is for all of their employees. If you are starting from scratch with a small team, or if you are looking to grow your current team, Fikenco can help to scale your business in a way that both adds to the bottom line while also boosting engagement. From talent acquisition, onboarding, and compensation to HR compliance, performance management, and employee relations, Vikingco has worked with more than 50 companies across the country and worldwide in various stages of growth. If you are looking for strategic guidance on people programs or interim people leadership, contact Vikingco. Your people will thank you. Janetta Gonzalez, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Can you tell folks a little bit about who you are and what you do in this world? Yes, um, I am an illustrator and a surface pattern designer. And uh, I started off my career as a graphic designer for over um, almost 20 years. And then I transitioned into what I'm doing now, which is illustration, surface pattern design. And I also mentor artists and one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. I love that. How did you originally decide to make your career off your creativity? That's a great question. I don't think it was ever a a conscious decision decision I think it was something that I just always knew I've been creating drawing all the things since I was a little kid and was very much encouraged by my parents so um, I was a very active <laughs> talkative spirited large a loud child um, I had a lot of energy I'm sure so they were probably like you know giving me things to like <laughs> 
keep me busy and, and things I wanted to do first, you know, like, and I had a lot of, uh, I had a little table and I had um, a lot of paints and crayons and things on there. So I was always doing, doing something creative. And my mom was always doing things with me too. So, and then I just never stopped. And I think it, especially a lot of people, a lot of kids, they do start with, you know, drawing and painting. At some point they do stop and then they find other other things they like to do, right? But I know for me, I never did. So um, I just continued to draw. I drew like drawings for friends in school. Um, I even did a, helped to draw and create a mural in my, uh, in the cafeteria in my uh, grade school, <laughs> which was really fun. I remember being pulled out of class with another boy who was an artist and with the art, one of the more creative, I don't know if she was an art teacher, but she taught the art. I think she taught the art classes. I, I barely remember, but I do remember being in the cafeteria and it was like a cinder block wall in the basement <laughs> where we ate in this very, very, very old building and um, drawing a tropical scene, which is so funny because that's what I do a lot of these days. And I remember drawing this big tree with a pencil on the wall and leaves and it just, it just, I have all these early memories of being creative and it just, it never stopped. It just never stopped. I just continued to nurture my creativity through high school and um, I'd enter art contests and I had a wonderful art teacher that encouraged me to go to art school. And um, she gave me a bunch of art supplies before I graduated. And I still have a few of them to this day because they were just more sentimental than anything. Um, wow. But yeah, she was incredible. And uh, so I was always nurtured. It was always nurtured with something I, I love to do. And, and then I went to art school. I went to UCLA for fine art. And then uh, knowing that I'm going to college for art, something creative, I wasn't quite sure what that would look like as a career. Um, and we're talking early mid 90s so I really had no idea because there was no internet and I really didn't have a lot of exposure to creative industries and professions but I just always knew in my heart that you know I have to do something with my life in a creative capacity or I will never be feeling feeling fulfilled right wow. and that's it's just more it's always been more of a knowing for me so I did try other things yeah I got out of college and I've worked as a, some really interesting jobs um being in LA you'll never know like there's all these weird jobs that they don't have other places <laughs> or very industry related jobs right and so one of them uh my first one was I worked in music videos and I worked in the art department with a art director and I also would do like production assistant work or craft services or whatever entry level thing I could get. And, um, but I did work on as an art department person. And that was, that was really interesting because there was no internet. So we had to research all of these different countries because they were creating them on this video. And I had to go to bookstores and come back with these coffee, ta heavy, heavy coffee table books of travel books and <laughs> <laughs> and I remember them sending me out on these all over town. I had a certain amount of time to get back and, you know, LA traffic. I remember being really, really stressful. And it was like this, I don't know, it was kind of like a, um, a scavenger hunt to go find these books. <laughs> I brought back a bunch of them. And I remember getting even getting in trouble because I was like, what took you so long? <laughs> traffic like are you kidding me so it was a lot of like I'd say annoying and a somewhat abusive personalities on I you know you can imagine in, in working on set and the directors are rude and if people are just you know it's it's a fast-paced thing it's a lot of money they only have so much time to like get the shots and so it's just like high energy go 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 and I just learned over over time like eh, I'm not into this it's not <laughs> 
that was short lived. So it was it was fun when I did it. But I worked on like two Will Smith videos. Um, I worked on a Getting Jiggy with It video. Um, I worked on uh, an Vogue video. So you can see how like, far back I'm going. There were some really interesting oh. things in it. And there were some lovely people and some really fun experiences. But at the same time, there were enough to like for me to be like, nope, I'm done. I'm out. And also, you know, you have to, you have to really find your way in with a production team and a crew and people that will call you regularly and, you know, just so you're working all the time. And right. I think that hustle, I was just, I wasn't feeling it at the moment. So was um, there so. Ever, ever a time where you felt like you were doubting that you, you know how so many of us are scared to like do the thing we really want because we wonder if that thing can support us. Mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. in the art world. Was, yeah. there, was there any time that you ever questioned that? Oh, that it wouldn't support me? Yeah. Oh, all the time, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? All the time. Well, I mean, I would say more so in the last few years, no, but it's really, especially working as a freelancer or, or for yourself or, you know, creative entrepreneur, it's all risk-driven it's all, you know, you have to be somewhat strategic and know where your money's co- going to come from and you can support yourself, you know, and there's a lot of times you are taking leaps of faith and hoping that it all works out because that's, that's part of the, part of the game. Right. So because you are doing that every now and then you are taking that gamble, like, okay, this better work out. Or I hope this, you know, whatever it is I'm launching or doing or working on is a success. And so I, I just take that as part of, of the journey. And unless, you know, there are those few people that do happen to have it all, you know, working out beautifully for them and they have consistent income, but I, to be honest with you, it's never been me. So <laughs> I've always been a bit of a hustler, even though I, in the beginnings I was saying, I really didn't like it, but I ended up coming back around to it many years later after working, you know, in corporate or working nine to five jobs for many years. So it ended up, you know, fitting me later in life. But uh, when I was first getting started, I think I needed the stability more than ever. What have you learned about leaps of faith then in your journey? Ah, I've learned that they are necessary um, if you want to if you want to do what the things that are on your heart, right. If you want to accomplish them or try them in some way, it it is necessary. And, and it's, it's not an easy thing to do. (laughs) Not at all. Um, I was laid off and that's when I decided that I was, you know, I had worked for over 10 years as um, in my industry and at lots of different places and doing lots of different things. And I kind of just maxed out and I'm like, you know what, I've done all these things. What's next? Like I'm, what's next for me. And what's next for me was me trying out a career doing, you know, making my own career, <laughs> really my career of making my own career and putting myself out there and trying, you know, at, at new, new experiences and doing art and work that I wanted to make and put out into the world and not just be dictated by you know, the company I work for. So it was really important to me to, to kind of figure out what that looks like and create that life for myself. Um, because for me, that was, it was really important. I really felt like that was my next step was to, yeah, to take that leap of faith and be like, okay, I don't have a steady paycheck anymore. 
but you know, let me see what I can make happen. And, and, and so in the beginning I did freelance, right? Like quite a bit. Um, that's what I was doing. So it was a transition out of full-time salary work into, you know, me just freelancing for the same companies. Um, I was working at Mattel, actually, I was a, a senior Barbie packaging designer and that's when the last job I had. And then I was laid off from there. And that's what I made that. That's what I made the decision to be like, okay, what is this, you know, um, life look like for me that I can create as working for myself and creating, uh, my own position, really my own job, my own dream job for myself. Oh, I love that so much. I, so now you do so many different things. I mean, you, you've got scarves, you've written a children's book. Is that right? Or um, I didn't write it. I illustrated it. Yeah. Illustrated children's book. And, um, oh my gosh, you have a puzzle in target right now. Mm-hmm. And you've got some courses that will come, be coming out later. And, and I teach for other people and brands and companies mm-hmm. and uh, individuals. Mm-hmm. So what inspires you to do the work that you do? I think it's just it's the same thing. Nothing's really changed. It's really my insatiable, like, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe it's this like deep well of creativity that I just have always like tapping into and seeking to find ways to use it. I, I think every job I've ever had, when I look back, everything all threads together. And then one, the next job that led into the next job, or even two jobs after that, tied back to the job I had three times before that, because they were dovetailing into each other nicely because maybe there was something I was seeking or wanting to learn or I have this I always want to learn I always want to grow I feeling being stagnant does not feel right for me ever ever so um and it doesn't mean I'm moving around a lot it just means I like to do lots of different things and I like to tap into all these different ideas and curiosities that I have so I'm just kind of a lifelong learner and I'm just always looking for what's the next fun thing that I can, you know, explore. And I know for me that that's, that's what I'm doing now is I've, I've done a lot of different things and, and I'm really proud and excited about everything I've done or tried. And there were some scary things that I've done and they're not scary anymore. So I could say that, you know, even just through trying some things or being asked to do things that you've never done from clients, I'll make this craft you know, a lesson for us and we're going to post it on our, like, you know, our, our YouTube. And it's like, uh, I'm not a crafter, but I'll figure this out. <laughs> you know, stuff like that happens all the time to me. It's like, oh, we'd love for you to do this for us. And I'm like, I had never done that before. Oh, can you, you know, make this video and edit it? And we need it edited. And I'm like, I've never edited before, you know, so things like that will happen. And I, um, you know, you have to figure it out as you go. You have to make it happen. And I'm definitely somebody who will do that. I, you know, it might be a bit of panic in the beginning, but, <laughs> but I'll figure it out and whether I need to go get help or, um, I just, the skill I need to learn, like editing really quickly. Um, you know, I'll go to YouTube school and, and make it happen. So, uh, so I'm up for the challenge usually. <laughs> oh man, the school of YouTube. It's so great, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, shifting gears a little bit. Can we talk about heat? creativity as a healing process and mm-hmm. how that has shown up in your life maybe yes absolutely I had an experience with this uh it might be a dog barking or something and so I was gonna <laughs> FYI um 
2017, um, my uh, mother passed away and she was in her early eighties and uh, she lived a really long life and, you know, we were there for her and hospiced her. And then I went into a de- bit of a depression for several months, um, lots of stages of grief and all of that. And I wasn't feeling creative at all, at all, not one bit. And so I just decided to take time to heal and to grieve and feel all the feelings. And when I, when they came up and not, you know, let anything, just let it flow, just let it flow. And, and I did that for months and, but I was still walking past my desk every day and like, I want to make something, I want to create something, but I would try to check in with myself and, and it was like, Oh, I just can't do this right now. I don't, I don't want to do it. So until I'd say about summer of next summer is when early summer is when I started feeling kind of the fog lift and I was able to sit down at my desk and think about what do I want to create right now? Like, what is it I want to do? And I was like, I'm going to give myself a project and something that I could, you know, potentially sell license or not. Maybe it's just the project I need right now. Right. So I didn't put any pressure on myself, but I wanted to create something that I could, you know, work on every day and think through and just, just give my own, you know, work, give my own give myself a project really. That's really what it was. So I made a pattern collection and, and it really helped me one, get back to work, like get back to art and creating and thinking through a project again, but also heal, right? It was, I mean, art is therapy in in lots of ways and it, and in some ways it was a distraction too, but I think a healthy distraction, you know, it was, something I needed. I needed something else to focus on that was fun. And that was, and through that fun, the funness of it is what I think was the healing. It was getting back to doing things that were familiar and uh, creative and kind of feeds my soul in a way. And the process, the art making process was exactly what I needed at that time. Yeah. I, I'm so sorry to hear about your mom's passing. I know that even when, even when someone's lived a long life, if it's our parent, um, it's really painful. And just because they're older and it seems like the maybe natural, and I'm quoting like air quotes here, like natural order of things, it still doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. when we lose a family member. And and I am really curious about how how there can be such a natural pause to our creativity. It's like our creativity pause, like when we pause, it's also as if it's our creative spirit is grieving with us almost. And I'm curious if like chicken or the egg, right? Was it? the creative process helping the grief lift for you or was it moving through the grief through creativity? B. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Can you say more about that? I don't think it's different for everyone, but I know for me, as I was creating, I was just feeling more alive. I was feeling more like myself. I was feeling um, less grief in some ways and more joy 
and joy for what I was doing, joy from the moment, all of those things. So I think that's that's what it was. It was really kind of bringing me back and back through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For you, what is it about creating, do you think? I was having this conversation with a friend the other day, and she knows that I do a lot of watercolor and for the fun of it. And she said, she said, it seems so luxurious that you have a hobby to do like that. And I was like, no, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, it's not that I have spacious time and I'm watercoloring. It's that I have to, that's my meditation. And I'm wondering if it feels that way for you as well, or if it's something else. Oh, absolutely. feels that way for me. It's a, it's a need. I just went through that recently where I was telling somebody um, a couple of months ago, I was intensely working on client projects back to back to back or two at a time, three at a time. And I was never making art for myself. I was just making art for other people and fulfilling requests and which is great. But I realized the whole essence of what I do is I create and put it out in the world. And then people come and they like ask me, Oh, can you make this for me? You know, I do that. And then I create, put it out in the world. And so they see your portfolio, they see samples of your personal work or whatever. And I'm like, I haven't made anything for myself months. I haven't sat down to just create for the, for the heck of it. Right. And it was something missing because I was just grinding Mm -hmm. and I, I needed to, to take a big step back and be like, oh my gosh, I need to put some new things in my store on my website. I sell art prints and, and things. And I hadn't updated it in a while because I've been working and working. And that's that's I realized it's really not great. You know, it's not great for me. It's not great for my career. I need to be making work. I need to be putting things out into the world and expressing myself. I have a lot in me I still want to do. And um and if I'm just you know work 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 you know might as well just be sitting at a desk again in an office right so so I have to check in with myself when I'm starting to feel like either burnt out or um overworked or your am I do I need to take all these projects right now maybe I need to just recharge and my creativity and work on my own things or maybe take a rest so at that moment I realized that I was just I put everything down and I stopped for a day and a half and I reworked an old pattern that I had made that I wanted to put in my shop, but it needed it needed some work. So I spent a half a day redoing it. And I absolutely love the way it came out. And I was so excited. And just that energy and the power from that, it was like that just got me fueled into the next thing. So then I made something else, another a couple other pieces I had for two, actually it was like two days. And I just kept illustrating things and drawing things. And I was having so much fun. And I hadn't felt that way in a really long time because it was just like work, work, work. Right. So having, taking that time out to, for me and to nurture my creativity was is so necessary <laughs> for me to even have, you know, fill up my cup so I can go back and go back to work. And so that, that it was a big learning experience at that time. Like I can't burn out. I need to recharge my batteries and I have to stop. And when I'm starting to feel that happening and, you know, um, if I'm ahead of schedule that I definitely can make more time for that. If not, then I'm just going to have to figure it out. But in the future, I will be doing more of that. And if there's a lot of, you know, deadlines, I will find a way to sneak in my own time. And even if that's 20 minutes of sketching or drawing or whatever, you know, I have to make time for that. Along those lines, like what are your favorite ways to completely <clears throat> fill up your well again when when you realize the well is going dry? 
what are some of your like top three favorite ways to fill that well back up? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I like to get out in nature. That's a big thing for me. Um, just kind of, it's a good way to clear my head and just, I'm always seeing things. I'm always, uh, you know, around me, I'm always seeing the flowers and the colors and there's the nature and the shapes of things. And it's always inspiring work or it gives me ideas. Um, so just being out on a walk or just going, going somewhere where, you know, that has like a botanical garden even, or something like that. Uh, we have a lot of those here. So it's always a nice escape or even just what we do in my industry is called trend shopping. And we'll go look in gift shops or like stores like anthropology or places that have like cool things and see what's out there and see what's on the shelf and who's doing what and what are the, the trends and what are the color palettes. And, and I really get a kick out of that. So I'll, there's some stores that I love and I'll just go in there and just get lost in the aisles and looking at everything and getting inspired by them. And that just generates a lot of ideas when I get back up, like, oh my gosh, I love this and I love that. And I want to do this. <laughs> you know. So it just, it just kind of gets me going, gets the engine going. And then I would say the other thing is, yeah, just to, to sit down and like doodle and make art and just kind of get lost in that process and let it let that flow out of me whatever that looks like um which is something I don't do as much of which you know which I was saying I would like to I actually don't keep a sketchbook and it's every time I start I stop I start I stop and and then I you know I was kind of giving myself a hard time to myself I'm like how do I capture information is it all in my head and then I realized that I take a lot of pictures and I take too many pictures. It's, it's, I've tried to find a million ways to back up my phone and all the devices and all the, all the online like clouds. It's just, I have so many photos. And when I go on these walks, I'm taking the pictures. I'm shooting the flowers and the flower bush. I'm seeing the colors on this house. I'm like constantly seeing stuff. And I have, and whether I go back to them or not, I know it's in my head and if I need it, I can reference the photo. So I think that's my sketchbook. I realized that recently that my sketchbook is taking pictures. And then I go back to the, when I do go back to those photos, I make, you know, I'll make a mood board or some kind of collage out of it and inform a project or something I want to work on. That is so cool. I love that you you think of your photos as your sketchbook. I'm I might have to try that because um, I love taking <laughs> photos too. And I always feel really guilty about it. Like, what am I doing? What am I going to do with this? Um, but you just kind of sparked something for me. Uh, oh, that I'm that's great. Play with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all have our own methods, right. Of capturing information. And, and I think for me, it really, this is like a really new thing. I'm like, it's me. And I've always, always been a picture taker. So I got my, my parents gave me a, a camera when I was, I don't know, probably like 12 and I went crazy with that thing. I kept asking for more and more film and <laughs> I didn't get all the film I wanted, but I did have, I do some really interesting photos when I was a kid. And then when I went to college, I took a lot of photography classes and I absolutely fell in love with them. Black and white photography specifically. And I'd spent a lot of hours in the dark room and I had a, an incredible teacher who's a pretty well-renowned photographer and um, who I've seen her shows many times and everything. So she was just like completely just, there for me and, and encouraging me. And so photo, photo photography, I should say, has always been something that I've been interested in. And then I've done lots of amateur photography, done a lot of people's headshots and friends' headshots. <laughs> I can't tell you how many headshots I've shot for people. Um, and uh, and just like styling and shooting my own products and, and 
being able to see through, you know, from a photographer's point of view, um, that's really like another medium for me that I enjoy. So it doesn't surprise me that I take pictures of everything because I'm, oh, it's, I see it in a frame. When I see it uh, walking down the street, it's in a frame in my head. And I'm like, I got to shoot it like this, you know? So I do probably do see things in a photographic way. Oh, that's so cool. Well, there's another aspect of your work and that's your coaching and mm-hmm. helping artists. Can you tell me how, how did you get into that and, and why do you love doing that? Oh, okay. Um, how I got into that was someone came to me and asked me to coach them. Um, this was maybe about six years ago. And I got this email from a woman yeah, it was an email. And she said, just told me all about what's going on in her life. And, and I really want you to help me. And I'm, it's kind of stuck in the situation. I actually had this on my website for a year. So I, and her and I are great friends, so I can share this. And she was really the one that, that brought this to me and this opportunity to me. And I did not know this woman. I did not know what I could do for her. <laughs> like me, how did you find me? And she said she was just Googling and I, my name came up and I was in the area and I had, I was doing things that she wanted to do. And she was a textile, a, lo- a long career textile designer. And she is went to school for illustration and she was just missing that part, the art part of her life and making her own work and being creative. And, and she has a family and she was, you know, she felt obligated to work, but she, but the big part of her was just screaming out to be, to work for herself and create her own art and transition into being an illustrator. And she was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but you got to help me now. And she was in a really like, just, I wouldn't use the word desperate, but it was almost like her, she's just every part of her being was just like, I cannot do this anymore. I want to do this so badly and I need help. And so I, I just remember freaking out. <laughs> Like, how am I going to help this woman? I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, what is this? Like, really? Like, what do I charge her? I don't, I don't even know. Right. So I, again, one of those things where people ask me to do something and I have to figure it out. <laughs> um, this is, I think, might have been the, not the beginning of that, but definitely early days of that. I said, yes, I'm not going to leave her hanging. Right. And I'm going to do what I can to help her. So she would, I had a studio in downtown LA and she didn't live too far from there, which is perfect because traffic. And she came and um, she would come to my studio and we would do these two hour sessions for six weeks. And I had really no idea what I was doing at first, but then it kind of just became more instinctual for me to, to teach her and help her. And I just went with my instincts the whole time the entire time, because I had to listen to her and hear what she needed. And I had to respond to that Mm. based on the day, every day when she came in. And so I kind of, after the second class, class, we, um, or session, I should say, I started making more of a structure to it. And I would have her come in and leave the traffic and everything in her head behind. And I'd I'd have her turn on music. She sit at my drawing table and I would set out a little still life for her and just a very few amount of uh, art supplies. It was always limited to certain colors and very, very limited. And I was like, go. And I would leave and I come back 15, 20 minutes later. And I'm like, just sketch, draw your heart out, paint your heart out, whatever you need to get out right now do loose warm-up drawings. And I gave her a little bit of 
you know, just a little bit of guidance, but it was all really on her. And I wanted her to just loosen up because it's, it's hard when you, you're like trying to find parking and, you know, try to get in and you're like, ah, and you just want to get started. And I, I could see she was bringing that energy to the room. And I was like, uh, uh-uh, we got to leave that out there. So put it on the paper. So wow. she do it on the paper and that gave me a few minutes too to like regroup, go sit somewhere in the other room and be like, okay, this is what am I going to do? What are we going to work on today based on our short conversation? And so we'd sit and talk and I would have her talk for the first 15 minutes, 20 minutes, tell me what's new, what she worked on, what's going on, share, you know, if she had homework, she'd share it with me. We do that for the first half an hour. And then, and it just became a conversation really. And it's like, okay, her, you know, me listening to her and responding to that and listening to her responding to that. And I never really had a structure for every week. We had like a project, but I would let it be free for her because it's really how she needs to work through it. Not I'm just here to guide her. And that's what I realized. I'm here to guide her. I'm not here to tell her what to do. She has to go on that journey on her own. I can give you tools. I can give you like all the tools I know how to do. And, and we'll find the ones that work for you. And that's really it. And you do the work. And I had to ask her, like, and me, I'm like, are you going to do the work? Because I didn't want her time wasted, my time wasted. And she was like, no, I I will. I really want this. And I was like, okay, let's do it. In six weeks, she had brought in stacks and stacks of papers of all her warm-up drawings, which are amazing. And she said she made that a habit of hers. So she would go home and draw these warm-up drawings at home so she would bring them in and show them to me and then she started working on um I find that with artists you have to go back to the beginning mm-hmm. and you have to go back to the things that you innately started drawing and making as either as a child or in college or the beginnings of your career but the beginnings and whatever those things were that lit you up is what we're going to go back to. So she told me when she was in college, she really missed working in ink pen. And she would do a lot of these little cartoony, uh, I guess they were kind of, um, they were out of comic strips, but they were, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, graphic novel style little stories. And I was like, that's what we're going to do. That's your first assignment. So she went back and brought this in and it evolved and she started making them about her cat. And then she had this beautiful, beautiful cat ones that were these lovely stories about grief that started coming out. And, oh, and this getting back to our grief conversation, actually, I just realized this, a lot of grief came out with her and things she didn't even realize she was grieving over a cat that she lost of an old boyfriend. She lost like all this stuff was coming up and And really the essence of it was she was grieving over her past self and how she was feeling and the joy and the freedom she felt when she was younger and in school and making this fun art and dating this guy and like being just being her and not being jaded by work and bills and responsibilities and all that. And it was like, I think that part of her was screaming out, like, you got to tap back into that. Like you've lost your way. And she realized that because I also was having her journal and write out her thoughts and, and she did all that. And she was uncovering so much stuff that was stuffed down. And it was such a neat thing to watch. Um, It was fascinating to see her come in and tell me these breakthroughs that she was having every week and all the work she was pumping out because she was just working it out on paper and and there were just some incredible things that I was, I was seeing. I was like, how, you know, and she was just 
kind of cracking open, you know, like breaking open and all the emotions were coming out at the same time, all the healing was happening and she was getting back to her old self again. And I just, I love telling the story because it was so, for me, just being on that journey with her was, wow, you know, it was, it was something else. And just know that I didn't know I could do these things and be a part of her, of this part of her life and, and this time in her life where she needed someone. And it was just a very, very, very like kind of a loaded scenario of things happening all at once. And, and it was, it was wild. And it was, and it was, it was healing for me. It, it showed me a lot about myself and my abilities and, and, and on what I can do for people and help people. And so after working with her, um, she did go on to do some really amazing like illustration projects for people. And just, she had a, a gallery show and just some uh, amazing things that she was like, I didn't even know. I told you I wanted to have my own gallery show. And I went to her gallery show and it was so great. And, and there was just, you know, things that she started exploring with her art and selling her own art. And she had, you know, people asking her to make art. Um, uh, she was doing pet portraits, which were really fun for her. And then she did them in a beautiful, beautiful way where she brought a lot of textures and patterns into it because she's a textile designer. So it was just, it's just neat to see how she explored her creativity and how she started um, making her own things. And, and with that, her life changed a lot after that, like her home life, her love life, her everything, like over time, like things just started changing for her. And once I think she just got real with herself, and, and really the whole, this whole journey was not about her finding an illustration career or making an illustration career switch. It was really about her just getting, working through whatever it was that her, she needed at that time to get her to the next place in her life and, and to grow and expand. And, and that's what taught that whole, like six weeks was just mind blowing for me. And after that, other people had started asking me like, Oh, can you help me with this? And then I started being a lot more bold, but like, oh, I can help you, you know. And, and next thing you know, like I, you know, I'm like doing it as, as a side business. So um, you know, helping people uh, you know, four and six weeks, um, same kind of thing, work through a project or work through, you know, strategy or um get art critiques and you know, always go back to their early work and see like where where they excel most and where they need to bring infuse into what they're doing now because they may have lost their way. Um and I can I can spot that. I can see that right away if I look at your portfolio. So so just kind of using all everything that I, you know, my design skills and my trained eye and then also I guess my intuition and all the uh, art techniques and things that I know how to do. I just kind of like pulled it all together because I've been on my own, I guess self-discovery journey you know for years now and I've had some wonderful mentors that have helped me and so a lot of the things that I use with my coaching clients I are things that I've actually done myself um or have learned or read or whatever so it's really just kind of a cumulative everything is cumulative that I'm doing now and uh yeah it's been it's been really great I really really love working with artists that's incredible. I'm curious when you work with artists, if you, if you, what are some of the common mindset traps that trip artists up? Oh, there's a lot. Um, we can the just biggest one like is that I'm not good enough. Yeah. I oh, think the biggest yeah. one is I'm not good enough for yeah. sure. For sure. And that's, and life in general, right? Let's not even an artist thing. Um, Cause that could come from somewhere else. And then you just plug that into your art, art, your career, art life or whatever. Right. So if you're not feeling worthy or 
or that, you know, your skills or your capabilities are good enough, then how could you be a good artist? You know what I mean? I think that's the number one thing that I hear a lot. And, and with that is the confidence, lack of confidence, lack of interest, and just giving up too soon. Uh, so what are the creative anecdotes to those things? Ah, well, I would say uh, kind of what I did with this woman, you have to really, you have to stop listening to those voices. Mm-hmm. If it's something that you really want. And I think for her, that was, she was just tired of like, you know, things being the way it was. And she really, really, really wanted a change in her life. And she really wanted whatever you know to be an illustrator or to like bring those parts of her back out again and I know with artists that come to me they they want to change they want a transformation and you have to be ready for that and whatever that looks like right and you can't have it tomorrow everybody it doesn't happen overnight (laughs) really doesn't I want it now and there's this big impatience that I see they're like but I I want it now I know what I want to do I want to do it now right and no, there's a lot you got to learn. There's a lot of time you got to put in. You got to you know work on your craft and strategize and and you know all the things. Right, you got to build a body of work. And I think the impatience is is, is like another side effect of that. But I, you really have to want it, and you have to be willing to take the time to do it, and you have to be willing to go through that journey, whatever that looks like. It could be painful, you know. In her case, it could be. It, it might not be. You know, it might be really fun, but it's something you can't rush and it's something that you have to do on your own mm-hmm. and you have to be put the time in and and I could be here to guide you again or anyone any coach any anyone could be your mentor could be here to guide you but you got to do the work right and and you have to let that play out you cannot rush that you can't say I'm going to be you know a designer in a month you can you definitely can your, your art might not be great, but and you might find out very quickly that it's not selling or whatever, but you can do it. I was like, you can't do it, but there is a, is a, a method to all this madness, right? And, mm-hmm. and you really do have to go through it. You can't shortcut it if you, you want, you want what you really want. Yeah. And I know it's so cliche, but really the journey is the fun part. You never know what you're mm-hmm. going to uncover mm-hmm. by doing the work, you know, like yeah. different things pop up along the way when you're willing to go on the journey. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's where you learn. And that's where you stumble and fall and you're like, Oh, I'm not doing that again. Okay. <laughs> or, or whatever, you know, whatever pain you go through, then you heal from that. So yeah. there you have to go through that. You have to. And I know I've definitely come through it and, you know, and, and my way, I'm still going through other things. So it's, it's, it doesn't really end. It's not like you're, you've reached enlightenment, right? Like, <laughs> no, but you just have a different level of the next thing you have to, you know, next level of you that you're, you're reaching. And I know that, you know, I'm just still going through my levels, you know, hmm. um, like a video game, just trying to get to the next one. <laughs> Gosh, I feel like we're going to have to have a part two at some point because I have so many more questions for you. Oh, Um, okay. And this is just, you're so full of lovely creative knowledge. And so I know the listeners are going to eat this interview up, but I've got two more questions for you. So I'm wondering, is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners today? Um, 
Let's see. I would say just kind of wrapping up like what we said, we've been talking about. If you are a creative and you are in a transition period, to really just nurture that, accept that, and embody that right now and not fight it and know that, okay, this is, you know, really tune in and be like, okay, this is where I'm at and I'm not happy or whatever it might be. And really, and it's hard, it can be hard to like take a leap of faith or do these things that you need to do. But even if you can find small ways to start stepping into a new direction for yourself, um, maybe it's finding a, a coach or, or even reading a book that you need to read or, you know, or taking a break if you can take a, a few days off and, and just kind of rest and regroup and figure out what it is that you really want to do. Like give yourself that time and give yourself give yourself some grace and let you, you know, and just let yourself off the hook because if you are frustrated or things are at a transition, then there's a reason for that. And you do need to listen to that and not fight it and, and investigate it um, because there's, there's a journey you're about to go on. And I think that you, you need to say yes to that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And can you tell us how do you live a life of abundance? That is something that's always ongoing, right? (laughs) I think it's hard for us to stay at a consistent state of bliss. Um, But that's a new thing for me. And a woman that I work with for many years who's been helping me on my journey, she's kind of my coach. That's a new topic for us. We've been talking about that since about March. No, I'm sorry, just before March, like February. And so I have a lot to speak about in this because I'm learning it and I'm doing it, practicing it myself right now. Well, let and, us have it. <laughs> well, and and what it for me, I I tend to as positive as I may sound, I definitely can go the other way. And what I the work I do with her is she knows that it can be one like bad news thing and it could just sink me for the mm-hmm. for a while. And I'm like, oh, why is this so bad? You know, and it gets very dramatic sometimes. And so I have to stop myself from going that way. And I'm, I'm much better at it. I used to in my younger years years it was everything was drama now it's just I, I have little bits of that still that I'm working out and I can catch it and I'm like okay this is it's not that bad right so what she's helping me do and what I'm doing with myself is to find those moments of joy abundance bliss and to experience it more than anything throughout the day so it could be something as simple as like putting the, you know, vanilla flavored, like yummy stuff in my coffee versus, you know, the unsweetened, boring stuff, you know, because <laughs> it's like, oh, this is more decadent and lovely and blissful. And when I take that first step, I'm going to be like, oh, this is awesome. Right. So it's just those moments of feeling that joy and that bliss. Um, it could be something very simple like that. It could be, um, you know, just stopping and taking myself on one of those little trend shopping things, like doing something fun for me. Um, I don't have to buy anything. I could just be there and feel the joy that I feel when I'm in the stores and I'm looking at things that I love. Um, finding those moments that and tapping into those moments when you feel bliss and joy and happiness. And whatever that is, whether you're making a luxurious moment for yourself with this great drink or, you know, you're finding like joy and playing with your kids or your dog or whatever that is. Right. But f- noticing that in the moment noticing that you need it in the moment, because I can get bogged down with like work stuff or whatever. And I'm just feeling like, Oh, I'm drained or I'm overwhelmed or I have too much of this and that, that I don't want to do. And, and 
that's not a blissful place to be. So what I'm learning and, or I'm feeling like I don't have enough space or I don't have time or I don't have enough joy, all the, the things I'm lacking, I'm feeling lacking in the moment, trying to find ways to turn that around mm-hmm. and experience the joy, experience the abundance, if that makes sense. So, so if I'm feeling a lack of space, like, like I'm feeling crowded by everything going on around me, or I don't have enough space, literally physically to work on a project and I'm feeling really like frustrated, then I need to go do something that creates space for me. Mm -hmm. So maybe I go walk outside where there's no walls, there's nothing I can breathe the fresh air. And I go, you know, maybe go to the park or something for half an hour, whatever that looks like on my lunch break, whatever. So just to feel space and feel that I'm not like feeling closed in. Um, If there is, if you're feeling a lack of time, which is my biggest thing, then I have to kind of ignore that. I have to get lost and get in the flow of something and be like, I'm going to get this done, but I got to figure out what that joyful moment is for me. Maybe I'll stop and work on the thing that I'm really excited to work on, you know, and maybe I wasn't supposed to like prioritize that right now, but forget it. I'm going to go over there and like start drawing something that I'm, you know, my next project or whatever it is, or researching it. And that's the thing that gets me excited and I'm happy again. And then I can come back to the other stuff I'm doing with that energy. So it's really just about like just shifting into, into that energy and experiencing that energy in the moment and finding that bliss, joy, whatever that is. And, and it's hard to do it's, and I'm trying to practice that now because again, I don't, I don't want to keep feeling these things. I don't want to feel stifled by, you know, time space and whatever it is. And um, I want to feel the abundance in the moment and that abundance that you feel joy, bliss, whatever that is, it's just going to permeate into everything else in your life and it'll come back. So that's what I'm working on. <laughs> and that's what I want you guys to do too. It's, it's actually kind of fun once you, once you have a few of these tools you create and then you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to go and do this right now. Or I'm going to go shut this down and focus on that or whatever that is. So, oh, Janetta, thank you. This is, th- that's such a rich answer. Thank you for sharing it with us. <laughs> You're welcome. We are, um, we'll link to your puzzle, to the book that you've illustrated, to your website. Those will all be in the show notes. I want everyone to go follow you and to, um, to go buy the puzzle and grab a scarf and do all the things. I mean, I, I love following your Instagram account personally. Um, you, you, your account brings me so much joy and those moments of abundance. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. A huge thank you to you for tuning in today. Let's do it again next week. In the meantime, I have got a quick favor to ask. If you enjoyed today's show and know another woman who needs to hear this episode too, could you share it with her right now? Just text her the link and be sure to let her know why this episode is a must listen. Remember, sharing is caring, so spread the love. Thank you so much for being a part of this Yoke and Abundance community. I do it all for you. I hope these episodes make you feel seen, heard, and loved. A huge thank you to our sponsor, Fike Co. Thank you to Ira Sterling of Julia Sound Recording for our theme music. And thank you to my editor, Tumani Johnson of FX Media for his work on today's episode. Keep creating, making, and sharing it with the world because that is true abundance.